Hey everyone, it's Megan Bowen, and you are listening to the Unwritten Playbook Podcast, where we showcase how smart and interesting people are breaking away from how things have always been done and charting a new path. We will explore topics ranging from marketing, sales, customer success, and also personal development and leadership themes. Join us to learn from pioneers who are paving the way for what the future brings. Hey everyone, welcome to the Unwritten Playbook where we talk to interesting people who are rejecting a status quo and paving a new way. I'm really excited to have uh, an awesome guest on today, Matthew Chanella, thinker and senior strategist at Gorilla76. I love that your official title is thinker. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you for being here. <laughs> hey Megan, how you doing? It's really good to be here. Um, and yeah, this is just, a, I guess, a continuation of the, the DGL ecosystem, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, you're a, you're a loyal member of the demand gen live family and it's been awesome to get to know you through that and was super excited that we could have this one-on-one -on -one conversation and, and dig into your personal story. It's super interesting. And I think people are going to get a lot, a lot out of it. Why don't you expand on your intro? Tell us more about who you are, what you've done, why, why we should care. And then, and then we'll get into it. Sure. So I guess the, the biggest thing I, I could say is I was pretty late getting into marketing and sales and business in general. Um, I started my career as a proposal and a technical writer. So uh, I grew up in Maryland. I went to college at the University of Maryland as an English major, um, created a writing program, didn't know what I wanted to do, thought I wanted to write. And so I kind of went into government contracting because that's that's the economy in the D.C. DC metro area. And so I, I worked for a variety of government contracting firms, um, the first you know six years of my of my life of my existence, um, and I was proficient at it, but I, I really didn't enjoy it very much. So as I was looking at the landscape of business and thinking and, and sort of and instead of thinking about like a job, I started thinking about a career. You know, that's kind of what happens in your twenties. <laughs> you go from like, now you have a job. Now it's like, I got to do this for 30 plus years. What do I want to do? Um, yep. And so I, I wanted something where I could, you know, I got more interested in business and in business development and in sales. Uh, but I wanted to keep that creative aspect that I, I really enjoyed in my, my, you know, undergrad education. So marketing kind of spoke to me. I kind of saw where that was going with, the sort of the digital landscape. It sounds stupid to say digital, not everything is digital, but like, you know, even seven years ago, it wasn't always the case there. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just went into it and then immediately fell in love with it. And it's been, been my, it's been my passion, my career ever since. I love that. And even as part of the topic that we're going to dive into, we're going to get into more of your, your personal story and your career trajectory and, and sort of how you got to where you are today. Um, and the question that I always like to ask to sort of frame the, frame the conversation as we, we dig into, into it is, you know, what is the status quo you reject and, and why do you reject it? Yeah. So this is, I, I, I thought about this when I, I got this question from you and I, I had a whole bunch of like classic marketing answers, but honestly, I'm much more interested in talking about the career trajectory of people because, you know, I've over the past year, I've really been able to increase my, you know, authority and my you know, thought leadership. And I hate saying those terms, but I'm just going to say them for the sake of this podcast. But people ask me now and they come to me and they, they ask me about career advice or what to do with their marketing programs. And I'm first off endlessly flattered and humbled by that. 
But one of the things a lot of people ask me, I get more than I would expect is, what do you think I should do for my career path? I'm at this stage of my career and I kind of want to work at a, a bigger company and a, and, a, and a junior role or a minor role and, you know, learn, cut my teeth under more experienced people and then build up to bigger roles. I took a much more unconventional path than that. Um, I honestly went after companies that desperately needed marketing and never had it before and went after jobs way before I was ready for them and essentially just built that plane while I flew it. And I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I think it's been instructive and informative for me. And um, that's really the status quo I reject. I reject the linear career path of marketing where you work for a larger company or a well-known company, cut your teeth under more experienced people. And that's the only way you can build your skill set out or your network for that matter. You can be just as successful and in sometimes in some ways even more so by you know, going after positions at companies that don't have marketing or need it, you can cast or sell a vision to them, get the space to build that out and figure it out on your own, build your network and leverage it that way and get yourself in a, in a career path that makes you happier, more fulfilled. You do more interesting work and you honestly are able to command the salary that you want. I love that. And, you know, you talked a little bit in your intro about being a, you know, a technical writer. Um, and, and you had mentioned to me before you were, you were an English major. And so, you know, also whatever your formal education or your first job, it, it, you know, it doesn't dictate where you can go. You can really go wherever you want. I would love to have you tell, tell the story about sort of that first marketing job you had and how you went about positioning yourself for the role, given your past experience. And then, you know, what you did while you were there as you were kind of building the plane as it was, you know, as it was flying, as you said, as you said. Okay. I'm going to go a little farther back than that. Cause this is actually yeah. one of the most <laughs> um, vivid memories I'll, I'll ever have in my professional career. So I, I, I actually went to grad school for marketing when I decided I wanted to go on that path. Now I have applied very little of that education to my actual marketing career, but I did it so I could qualify myself for marketing jobs essentially. Cause my whole life before that was technical writer, proposal writer. So mm-hmm. I was working for a construction firm. Um, they knew I was doing this program. They were actually helping me pay for it. Um, and they gave me a couple marketing projects. I got to build out our social media presence. Um, mm-hmm. I was the only person in my company that even had access to social media channels. Like they restricted that, like people couldn't go on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook. And I was the, and like they had a firewall <laughs> for it. And so I, I was the only person in my company that could do it. Um, they wanted to rebuild their website. So I got to go work with a WordPress consultant. I got to do the whole build out of the website by myself with them. That was really interesting. Um, and so I really decided in the middle of that education that I wanted to get into biz debt because marketing wasn't a, it wasn't a position that was going to be available there unless I wanted to run like the little trade show that we did every year, which, you know, I did. Um, but I wasn't that interested in that. I wanted to get more involved in, in a business outcome and a business impact. So I wrote this whole business or pr- uh, proposal to my president and said, I want to switch my role from technical writer to this, uh, basically business development manager. And so I wrote exactly what I would do and how I would do this. I was going to get us, we did a lot of medical construction. I wanted to get us into gaming and recreation. They just legalized casinos in Maryland at the time. Um, I wanted to get us into um, more commercial hospitals, doing work like that. We specialized in that stuff. It would have been a really good fit. I go to my president with this proposal and he calls me in his office after he reads it and he looks at me. And he goes, Matt, as long as you work for me, you're always going to be my technical writer. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I, 
I was like 26, 27 years old. And I literally was in tears walking out of the office there. and oh, was no. like, I have to get out of here. And so basically the clock started ticking on my tenure there at that point in time. So I started looking for jobs. Um, I thought I was going to take the route that I just mentioned. I was going to go in as a marketing specialist at a larger company, cut my teeth and figure it out. The problem was I was making too much money to do that. Like I had a certain salary that I was making at the construction company because I was good at my job. So they kept giving me, you know, raises. And so I needed to keep that salary. I was, you know, I had, I had, I had a child, I had a mortgage, I had all the life stuff in the way. And so I I couldn't get, I couldn't take a, you know, 30% pay cut. It just wasn't feasible for me to go get that entry level role and then cut my teeth. So I decided instead I was going to go after roles at companies that didn't have marketing and were hiring for a one-person marketing department and basically sell a vision. So I got really fortunate because my my manager at Benzo reached out to me on LinkedIn and asked me if I wanted to apply for this job. And I was like, this is commission, right? And he's like, no, it's salary. And so I... I did the phone interview and then I went to the office to interview for this job. This is a $250 million uh, per year global company. They're in 30 something, they're in 30 something countries. They have enormous customers, John Deere, Caterpillar, General Motors, Tesla. Like these, this is, this is a, this is a big time welding equipment manufacturer, but their marketing was trade shows and catalogs. And so I spent three months or three weeks auditing them on everything I could find about them online including their horrible website. <laughs> and I basically wrote a 11 page marketing plan. Um, and when I came to the interview, I had four copies of it. And I said, if y'all hire me, I'll do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, all the stuff, you know, LinkedIn presence, Google ads, content marketing. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do some distribution on Facebook. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. I just was like, I just knew this was the direction they needed to go in. And so, and so I sold them on this vision and they essentially, and I beat someone out that had 10 years more experience than me for the role, because I, I, instead of telling them how I would do what they're currently doing better, I told them how they could do, do this entirely differently and in a more scalable way for them. And so I went into this job. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And I just bootstrapped and taught myself how to do all of it. I soaked up any piece of content I could do. I broke stuff. Um, I, I got us on HubSpot. I never used HubSpot before. Um, I became now I became basically a HubSpot expert in my company. Um, and I got fortunate for sure. I had some breaks. Um, like we started the content marketing program. I got us a $200,000 sale in the first three months doing that. And at that point it was just like all systems go. And like everyone in my company recognized like this guy's doing marketing the way no one else in the company is doing marketing. Why aren't we doing this? This is way more, this is, this is way more sustainable for us. And so I got a chance to roll that program out globally as well. What gave you the confidence to put out a plan that you weren't even sure how you would execute, how you would execute against that's like, it's a bold move and a move that not a lot of people would, would have the courage to take. Um, I don't even know if I would do that. What, like, like what motivated you? What was your, what was your mindset at the time that were like, this is, I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to do this. Like dig into that for me a little bit more. I'm fascinated. So there's a couple things about that. There was basically the naivety, the, the, the the naivete of just not knowing marketing at that high level. (laughs) So so I didn't know any better. Uh, But then the other part was like, I just put myself in, in, I put myself in debt to basically get this degree to go after jobs like these. And so I told myself, I was like, I didn't go through all that 
to go to have my president tell me I'll always be a Seneca writer to not go after a job like this with absolutely everything I can. If I end up having egg in my face, so what? At least I did it the way that I thought was right. Um, and, and, and the way that I thought was right for them and the way that I thought was going to grow me. And so that was essentially my approach going into that. And, you know, I, I would probably tell 27 year old me to do the exact same thing, but if I were in those shoes right now, I probably would have taken that approach, but just having the gumption to do that, um, really has spurned the rest of my career. I, it's almost like you don't know any better. It's, it's, it's a, it's an amazing out of body experience in a way. Yeah. One, well, I've had moments in my career too, where, you know, you had that boss say, you'll always be a technical writer. If you work for me, it's, I think there's also a sense of motivation when somebody tells you like, um, like you either, you can't do something in that particular situation, like right. it, this motivation to, to prove someone wrong or to prove yourself can be really, really powerful as well. It was was pervasive there too, which was the other thing I I was motivated to prove them wrong. I hated the way that I left that company. um, Mm. And I really did not enjoy my last two years there. And so even my, my direct boss there, after I got my, after I finished that program and I wanted to morph into this role, he was like, he was like, I want to tell you something about marketers, Matt. He said, marketers are right here just above, just above, or just below, it was like just above salesmen and just below lawyers. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like, geez. So like, there was no chance it was going to work there. Right. So I knew I had to go somewhere else to go make that happen. So, um, I'm thankful they, they, they covered part of that tuition for me, um, helped it help make that burden cost burden easier. But, um, you know, I, it was time for you to go. It was time, time for you to go. To- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the same yeah. thing happened. The same thing happened at the welding company. So I was there for four years. I built that content marketing program up, and at peak, we were generating 1.2 million dollars a year in marketing source pipeline. That's way more than they ever could imagine in their life. And we steadily built that over time. Right? It was like 600 grand the first year, 800 grand the next, 1.2 million the next. This is a very mature company. It's growing at the pace of the market. You know, this isn't like high paced startup. So this is, this is really good for them and, and basically really good for what the expectation was for me. Yeah. And so we were closing that at a 40% clip. Everyone was very happy with that, but there were roadblocks, there were constraints in place, just the way we were structured. Um, and so when the startup came, when, when gravy came and asked me about that role that I ended up going to, it was a short lived role, but like one thing I'll always be thankful to, to my, my boss at, at Vinto for was that he, he said, it's time for you to go. Like, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. Like you've, you've reached your ceiling here. You've done as well as you could have possibly done. You've taken this program in a place that nobody here imagined when you started four years ago, but I know where you want to go in your career. And, and like, you need to, you need to leave. Yeah. And, and it was, I was scared of that, to be honest. Like I was terrified. I didn't know if I was going to if I had the, the chops for a startup, it was a huge change of pace for me. Um, ultimately, it didn't work out, not because of all those reasons. It was just simply a role fit. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was scary. But now I'm like here. I'm six months later after that's happened, and I, he was totally right. Like I I wouldn't have. I was scared as hell to leave at that point, but um, it was the time to go. And I, I've grown exponentially in the last six months because of 
failing at the startup for sure. And then getting my feet back on, get, getting up back on my feet at the agency and sort of recalibrating what's important to me and, and, and where I want to go in, in the rest of my career. So yeah. that, that, that failure was, it was motivating. It also really exposed my weaknesses, which is something that I think a lot of marketers um, and a lot of professionals in general are really scared to face is their weaknesses um, and just, and, and, and figure out ways to put themselves in situations to work on it. Um, and so when I was at Cravey, one of the things I realized I was really weak at was sales. Like I, I, I didn't know how to do that. And it was part of the, it was part of the role. Even if you had a marketing role, like that was something that you were, you needed to do to sustain there. And so when I went to gorilla where I'm at right now, uh, one of the things I told Joe, I was like, Joe, I mean, I'm, I, I'm really excited to come on do do strategy and consult, but like, I really, really want to be involved in the sales cycle. Cause I need to learn to, I don't need to be a salesperson, but I need to know how that works and do it better. Cause I'm not going to get where I want to go long-term in my career. If I don't have an understanding and an ability to do that in, in, in some, on some level. Yeah. And I want to dig into this a little bit more because I think one of the other really interesting things about your story is um, how you've you've learned on the job. You've made a couple of comments. I went to grad school for marketing, but I basically have not applied anything that I learned. Um, I got this first job by presenting a plan that I wasn't sure how I was going to execute. And so it seems that you have this like... Um, sort of passion for learning on the job, like um, sort of curiosity to, to find ways to learn and build your skills on your own. Talk a little bit more about that, because I think that's that's a really interesting approach you've taken. And it's clearly worked really re- well for you. And I think it speaks a little bit to, um, you know, formal education can take you so far, um, but learning and growing skills that you need for your career, um, you know, doesn't need to happen in a classroom. Right. So talk to me a little bit more about, um, you know, your experience and kind of picking up new skills and continuing to learn and and cultivate them over the course of your, your different positions. Yeah. I mean, I I still do this today. Um, I'm a, I'm I'm a very in the trenches marketer. Um, some would call me heavy handed. Um, and and that's, that's probably a fair, a fair criticism, but, um, but really my, my, my feeling is if I don't know how to do something, I learn how to do it. So I didn't know how to use HubSpot when I, we bought HubSpot at Denzel. I did the six week thing with, um, with them when they onboarded back when HubSpot did that. Mm-hmm. And I learned HubSpot front to back, everything I could possibly learn, even, even stuff in design manager. Um, and I just taught myself how to do, do it. Um, I would go read articles. I would follow people on HubSpot who were doing, sharing a lot of knowledge on how to do that. People like Jack Coldrick, um, and, and would learn how to do things that HubSpot didn't know how to do. Um, when I was kind of coming up against content marketing, um, at Benzel and, and wasn't really sure. I mean, it was easy to start with. Like I had, I had all these old magazine articles and I was like, this is our starting point for content marketing. But at that point it was like, we need to make new content. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted a framework to do it, you know? And so I found Marcus Sheridan's They Ask You Answer and that became my content marketing Bible. And so I, really what I did is I latched on to these, you know, influencers who just, I really believed in their approach to marketing. So it went from like, you know, the people at HubSpot to, to Marcus, to Marcus Sheridan. And then, you know, finding Chris, Chris Walker on LinkedIn as well. Chris, uh, you know, from Refine Labs. Um, and it, it all kind of came together. It's like, oh my God. So this is what I do with the content I make for Marcus. And so it just, it all, and so I just amalgamated all of that together into my approach to marketing, but it was all very organic. 
Um, it was all a lot of just curiosity and it was all just a lot of just trying stuff, breaking it and searching for the right formula. Like it's just the, the path of learning and marketing is not linear. There's just these crazy peaks and crazy valleys. Um, that's, that's definitely been my career where I've been really high and really low. Um, but I just have this insatiable perseverance. I don't, I, I know where it comes from. Um, I'll go back to my first job ever out of college. Um, I was working for an AE firm. Um, and I got, I got laid off. I got laid off after 13 months. And one of the things they told me, I was 23 at the time, 22, they were like, you know, we wish we had a little bit more work ethic out of you. And like, that just, that killed me, that crushed my soul. And so I told myself like, no one would ever tell me for the rest of my life that I didn't work hard. And so I attack everything with just that. I always remember the, that that being in that conference room was the loneliest feeling in the world. And so when I don't know how to do something, I'm, I'm never guaranteeing I'll be an expert at it, but I at least want to understand it enough that I can speak to it with an expert who can walk me through it. And so that's been almost everything in my career. And, you know, I, I would say I'm a generalist by and large, but I don't think that's a dirty word. Um, I, I enjoy being a generalist because I, I, it gives me a lot of outs and it gives me a lot of avenues to take clients on. Um, and, uh, and I can, I can help people in a lot of different ways. And so I, I enjoy being a generalist. I think it's prepared me. It's done me very well in my career. Um, and it, and I, I think it's given me a lot of, a, a lot of career paths as a result. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you bring that particular point up because I I kind of view myself in that way a little bit. I actually think there's, you know, pros and cons to being more of a specialist versus more of a of a generalist, but um in in my career, I've, you know, been in a customer success uh, sales operations. I've, you know, been in COO, um, lots of different things. And I think when I break down, like, what do I like to do? What do I, what am I good at? Um, it's like helping people, creating the conditions for success, helping customers. And really that it's like, that's a lot of different things. Right. And even mm-hmm. in my current day to day, it's like, I'm constantly doing different things and trying to pick up, you know, different skill sets. Cause I'm like, I'm just here to like, keep our whole company moving forward and like, whatever needs to happen, I'm going to jump in and, and figure it out. And it can actually be a a lot of fun, but it does require, I think, the willingness to put any fear aside or insecurity aside and just like power through and be like, all right, I'm just going to figure it out one way or another. (laughs) It's also the fear of looking stupid, right? Like sometimes I feel like when I'm talking to like... Judy Sheriff, for instance, you know, the VP of demand chain at Refine. I've been peppering her with LinkedIn questions the past couple of weeks. And like, I feel like I'm asking very rudimentary questions about mapping campaigns between HubSpot and Salesforce. Cause like, I'm trying to get better at that reporting part of it. And it's like, yeah. it feels like a dumb question, but like, I need to know, cause like <laughs> I, I need to, I need to do this better. And so just humbling yourself to ask those questions. It's not, it's never beneath you to ask, to ask a question <laughs> that you don't know. Right. So yeah. that's just, that's just kind of my approach to it. I don't mind. Um, and even people at, at Gorilla who were like, you know, trying to get into the strategist role. I'm like, look, I even go back to the basics all the time, just because I always want to be fresh and, and reminded on it because it's just, it's, it's your, it's your foundation. Like you can't lose your foundation if you're going to do more advanced stuff. Yeah. I love, I mean, the takeaway there that I love is never be afraid to ask any question. Um, and I actually think some of the smartest people that I know, um, ask the, the most simple, straightforward, you know, sort of quote unquote, basic questions. Mm -hmm. And they're coming from a place of, 
I'm, I'm going to make sure I understand what you're saying. And, and if there's something for me to learn, and I think that attitude is really important. I know as we're wrapping up this conversation, I always like to end with two fun questions. Um, and so we kind of been talking, covering sort of a couple different themes here, just around like learning on the job, um, kind of putting yourself out there. Um, you know, careers aren't linear. Um, I think we actually touched on a few like different status quos that, that you've rejected and, and how you've really, um, you know, carved your own path, um, to build a successful career. So when we think like just 10 years, 10 years from now, 2030 future cast, and, um, you know, we have the next generation that are sort of starting out in their careers, you know, what do you, what do you hope to be true then that isn't quite true today that will, will make people sort of professional career experience, you know, more enjoyable for them, more beneficial for them, more successful for them. What would you say to that? Yeah, I, I think of what I would want people to, to, to know or to take away is like, you can take unconventional professional routes to get where you want to go. I, I know, you know, the LinkedIn culture is very much working in SaaS and working at startups and, and, and taking that route. But like, I wouldn't trade the experience I've had at like mid-market industrial companies for anything because it gave me a freedom and a flexibility to learn how to build the whole thing and to do everything it takes to be a successful marketer, including, frankly, selling very hardened salespeople on inbound marketing and, and, and demand gen. Like, they're, they're, if you think salespeople in SaaS are hard to convince that, try to convince someone who barely even knows how to sign into their email. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is difficult. So um, I would say, like, there's so much to learn and to take away from that. I would, I would not limit yourself to just what looks, you know, sparkling and sexy on LinkedIn. You can do this in more, you know, blue collar or more, you know, less glamorous industries, learn a ton, get way better at your job way faster. And then, you know, pivot that or take that to the industry that maybe you want to go in. But I would say, you know, don't be afraid to go unconventional industry routes in your marketing career. It's you'll, you'll find opportunity almost anywhere, even if it's not necessarily staring at you in the face. I never expected I would cut my teeth in marketing at a welding equipment manufacturer, but I did and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. No, I love that. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your personal story. And and I feel like we actually touched on so many, so many great takeaways. Um, and I I love your story. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And it's, it's really just beginning, you know, you, you have such a long career ahead of you. So it'll be excited to see the the next chapters. Where can people find out more about you and, and your company? Um, tell us, tell the listeners where they can find you online. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Matthew Chanella, C-I-A-N-N-E-L-L-A. I'm the only one in the world that I know of. So it should be pretty easy to find. Um, find me on Twitter um, at Matt underscore Chanella. Um, you can find me on, um, I have a podcast with MJ Peters called the Industrial Marketing Show. We talk, uh, we're 35 episodes in or 36 now. We have um, we talk marketing tactics and strategy with an industrial slant, but we bring people on from the SaaS space um, as well, or, or just general general people to talk tactics and then give it the industrial 
you know, fairy dust. Um, and then I have like a two, two time a month, uh, episodic webinar series with my coworker, Julian Schaaf called industrial marketing live. We do the exact same thing in webinar format. So you guys can find me on any of those. Um, if you want to hit me on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to talk. I love touching base with people. I love geeking out on this stuff. Um, and I just like learning about other people, honestly, like if you, if you come to me as a human, like I'm more than happy to give you, give you time and just talk, just talk shop and just talk your business and, I just, I just love that stuff. I just, I just get, I just get so fired up and excited about it. I love that. And MJ and Julian are also the real deal. So you're surrounding yourself with awesome people in, in this space. This was a great conversation, uh, Matthew. Thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed, really enjoyed it today. Yeah. Thank you. 